hello, everybody. Welcome back, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. This is a place where we can come and talk openly and honestly about our journeys. And today I'm going to tell you a story about the reason why I quit bodybuilding. And my intention behind doing this is to maybe clear up some questions that some of you may have out there, and also to tell my story and my side of how it happened and what I personally went through, leaving bodybuilding, something I loved so much, changing my whole identity and creating something from scratch. Um, and my hope is that it does empower and enlighten your journey as you go through different shifts and transformations in your life. And my hope is that it, this gives you the permission to go for it, to start something new and to leave what's not serving you behind. And so before I get into the podcast and I only have a lim limited time today, and this was kind of impromptu, actually, I was supposed to record with somebody and we ended up rescheduling. And so I thought, okay, today's the day it feels right. So let's just, we're just going to go ahead and roll with it. This is kind of unscripted. I have little bullet points, but we're just going to see where the universe takes us today. But before I get into that, I do want to tell you about Spirit School. So it's a course I'm launching, a journey, seven-month journey where we meet weekly, and it'll be led by me and about 20 of my most impactful mentors, all about spirituality and helping you discover yourself and get into alignment sauce with the universe and really develop what spirituality and connection and religion means to you. So we're going to explore all different all different areas of spirit and different traditions, different rituals and ceremonies so that you can develop your own personal connection. I'm so excited about this. Um, and sometimes it feels like the reason why I left bodybuilding was so that I could get into doing stuff like this. And so we launch soon. We launch February 19th uh, on the new moon. And so if you are interested, click the links below and there's lots of landing pages, lots of information. You can even book a connection call with me and I would be so excited to meet with you. And of course, have you join us for this journey of spirit school where we will discover you, me, and the universe. I'm so excited. Okay. Anyway, that's enough of that. Let's get into why I quit bodybuilding. Okay. Okay. And I get nervous about telling the story because I don't want to demonize the sport of bodybuilding. It was my, my martial arts, my best teacher. In fact, it built me into the human I am today. And so by me saying some of the things I'm going to say today, I don't want to demonize the sport. Yes, there are dark parts of it. And we're going to talk about that, but there's also so much light. And if you approach it with a positive perspective and with a really whole heart, and you know exactly why you're doing everything, I think it can be one of the best, you know, teachers for us because it is freaking hard, right? Like you're challenging your body to the, to the, oh, it's 12, 12, as I'm saying this, sorry, let me just, okay. Um, because you're challenging your body like two extremes, you're tired, you're hungry, you're overworked, you're taking supplements, you're doing all these things. Like you're putting your body under so much stress and you're also putting your mental space under so much stress, the comparison, the other competitors, the doubt, the fear, the belief that everything. So it's like, there's a lot going on in the mental space and all the questioning, am I hard enough? Am I lean enough? Am I all of this stuff? And then also spiritually, there is a way, and I found out how, that you can connect spiritually to bodybuilding. And let me just tell you, I really, truly believe that was my secret weapon because when my body felt so heavy and there were cinder blocks tied to my feet, and when, when my mind was saying, you can't do this, you're not going to be ready in time, my spirit, my inspiration, my my that thing inside of me carried me through 
and helped me connect to the universe and connect to that deep killer instinct that was inside of me that said, oh no, we're going to show up and we're going to kill this cardio session and you're going to feel so much better after it. So for me, it was like when the body says no and the mind says no, the spirit says yes. And that is what's going to carry you through to not cheating on your diet, to doing that extra, giving that extra oomph during cardio. And so this actually reminds me of Conscious Champion, which is another course I created. We're probably launching again in, in the fall. And um, we'll talk a little bit about Conscious Champion, but that was sort of my baby Um after I left bodybuilding and started to get into coaching and building courses, Conscious Champion was the beginning of it all. And that's why I say I don't want to demonize bodybuilding because it literally gave me the foundation to stand on for what I get to do today and, and who I get to help today. So and Conscious Champion, we're, we're probably going to get there. Hopefully I don't skip over it. But like I said, this is a little bit unscripted and I'm a, on a little bit of a time crunch. So hopefully, hopefully I can get all of this in in about an hour. <clears throat> Let me just take a sip of my mud water here with coffee. <laughs> By the way, speaking of, this is my little monster cup. My One of my very dearest friends, Natalie, made this for me. Natalie Kaczynski, it says energy in and then equals and then energy out is on the inside. And there's like little monster right here. So this is perfect to be with me today. <laughs> oh, little monster. I, you know, after I quit the year after I quit, I used to be sort of ashamed. I used to, there was so much headbutting and almost PTSD. I don't, I don't, I've never experienced it other than with bodybuilding stuff, but I, I couldn't even look at her. I couldn't even integrate her into my life. And now I'm at a much better space. In fact, I love her and I honor her and I tap into her warrior spirit all the time. But for a while, probably three or four years, it hurt to even look at pictures of myself on stage because part of me wanted to be there. And part of me, you know, always thought, did I quit too soon? Did I give up right before I was going to be Miss O? And I wonder if I'm going to get emotional today. I might, I feel it. <clears throat> okay. So let's talk about little monster for a minute. She, I was such a warrior. She loved bodybuilding. I mean, the reason why she got in, I keep saying she, like, it's not a part of me. The reason why I got into bodybuilding was because I loved it. I loved the physical effort of it. I loved the mental push. I loved the spot that it got me spiritually. And, and apparently I had good genetics for it. <laughs> and, you know, when you're good at something, you automatically kind of want to keep doing it and follow it. So I did. And, you know, actually, I'm going to take it back a little bit. When I was in high school is when I actually first started bodybuilding. Really random series of events. But my high school that I went to, Wesley Chapel High School, put on an annual bodybuilding show. Talk about breadcrumbs from the universe, right? So they put on an annual bodybuilding show. And because I was in cheerleading and I was in weightlifting already, I had already kind of had a little bit of muscle tone. And I feel like I have good muscle genetics. It's easy for me to build muscle. Not as easy for me to lean out but it's easy for me to build because I'm five feet tall and there's not a lot to fill in, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so when I was in high school, I competed all four years in the Mr. and Ms. Wesley Chapel contest. And the first two years I won showmanship because I was cheerleading. I could tumble. I loved the routine. You know, that I think I did Mission Impossible for like one of my first ones. So the first two years I won Miss Showmanship. And then I started to understand 
packing my lunches, doing cardio, putting in the discipline. I, I, I got, I think, I think my first protein powder was GNC chocolate protein. And I would bring rice cakes and peanut butter to school. And I eventually got little mentors from the gym. And then it started to happen in the last two years. I won the overall title of Miss Wesley Chapel. And um, I think I, I posed to living on a prayer by Bon Jovi and um, a mix of that. And you give love a bad name. And then also panic at the disco. I write sins, not tragedies. So that, so that was like the very beginning. And then I was 19 and did my first figure competition. And I look back at me when I was 19 and I was just not, you know, I was, I always say I was kind of chunky on stage. You, you kind of are for your first show, but that's just, that's just how it happened. I remember I was working at Planet Fitness and I was sneaking Tootsie Rolls with a little purple and brown Tootsie Rolls. And I would go walk over to the dollar store and get the little Reese's eggs. And I would eat those on my way back to Planet Fitness. Like nobody saw me, like that didn't matter. Almost like if nobody saw, <laughs> if nobody saw me eat it, then my body didn't know that I ate it. And I was eating protein bars, like, like the really big ones that were like big Snicker bars with protein in it. <laughs> and so that was like just a huge learning lesson for me. And I was 19. My very first show was Orlando Europa, which is a huge show for your first show. And I got, so this is a funny story. They awarded me first in the teen division. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even ready. I don't even know if I dieted right. And then I went backstage and they were like, excuse me, miss. We actually messed up the judging. The other girl got first. So we're going to have you guys come back on stage and you're going to hand her the first place trophy. <laughs> my very first show. And so I was like, okay. And I was like crying, walking up on stage and giving it to her. And I remember just smiling anyways, but there were tears running down my face. And I was like, this is like so hard. And that, then I got the bug. I don't, you know, if that doesn't make you quit bodybuilding, then I don't know what will. And so that was um, kind of my first introduction into figure and then kept doing figure. You get better at each show. You know what I mean? Like you, you just figure it out and then you start to add in different supplements and different coaching and different cardio. And then eventually you just start to do better and better and better. And eventually what I realized is like, you lose your way to the top. Um, and doing a show is all about defining and getting close to your perfect winning formula. So some shows you mess up your carb up, some shows you mess up your suit or your tan or your diuretics or whatever it is, but this is all fine tuning you for that one show. When it is your time, when your body is on port point where the water drop hits perfectly, where your tan is perfect and glowing. Like these are all little lessons along the way to that winning spot, which happened. The winning spot happens a lot less than the losing does, but if you get, so bodybuilding teaches you how to lose. And I, I feel like this is going into my lessons with bodybuilding. So maybe they'll just be both, but anyway, then physique came out, little monster was born. I finally got to do front double biceps on stage. And I was like, I have found my home and eventually got my pro card. I was 23, was 23. And at the same time I was going to school for, um, getting my master's in exercise physiology, because I was like, I need to know how protein works, how carb works, how hormones, how testosterone, how all of this stuff works in the body. And, um, so for me, if I'm all, if, when I'm all in, I'm all in, which means I'm thinking about it all day long. I'm talking about it. I'm teaching about it. I'm in school for a master's program and I'm competing a couple times a year. And I was also teaching undergrad classes, um, about personal training methods. And like, if there was anybody watching this, who was in my undergrad classes, we talked about steroids because that was kind of like where I was. And, um, 
And I was also serving. I was waiting tables at Macaroni Grill. So for anybody out there with excuses and you don't think you have enough time, you do have time because I had my little chicken Ziploc baggie with green beans in my server apron. And I would run to the back, eat a couple pieces of chicken and then go back out and take people's order. So there are no excuses <laughs> after being in school all day long. And so that just speaks to like the amount of love and effort that I put into bodybuilding. And then little monster came about and, you know, I'm really proud of her. Like I said before, it was hard for me to even look at pictures of myself because it hurt when I quit. And so where do I, where do I go from here? I guess we'll talk about the sponsorship. So I guess let's, we're going to start to get into reasons why I actually started to fall out of love with bodybuilding. And it has more, well, let me see. It, it, it has to do with my personal evolution. And it also has to do with the industry around bodybuilding. So getting sponsored now, I will say this forever. I am not a good sponsored athlete. No, I never started bodybuilding to be a sponsored athlete. I didn't want fame. I didn't want the followers. I didn't literally didn't care or want any of it. I just wanted to bodybuild. I just wanted to compete. I just wanted to reach that next level and be the best. And when things started to get really exhausting for me was when I started to get sponsored. And this has nothing to do with the sponsors themselves. They are a business. They're doing what they are supposed to do. Find people to market your products and whatever. But let me just tell you, it was exhausting to keep up with posts and you know, different things that they wanted me to do that weren't like ethically wrong. I just didn't care. I like, I didn't, I just didn't care enough to want to be a sponsored athlete, but I needed money. Right. So once I got my pro card and finished school, um, I started to get paid to do bodybuilding, which was nice because then I didn't have to work and wait tables. But Sometimes for me, the money kind of messed it up for me. I was competing because I loved it, not because it was a job or a hobby. And so that was, um, I want to say my first or second Olympia is when the money started coming. Um, and yeah, like I said, that kind of tarnished it for me a little bit and put a little bit more pressure on me too, because now I had a whole company that was rooting on me to win so that they could sell more products. And I have to say, you know, the companies I, I was with were awesome to me. They, you know, back then I probably talked a little bit more shit than I should have, but I was immature and I was angry and I was juiced up and, you know, whatever, you know, hormonal and emotional, but they really did treat me nice. And they gave me amazing experiences, a booth to stand at for the Arnold and Olympia. Um, but the job of being a sponsored athlete started to tarnish my love for bodybuilding. Like I said, I never really wanted that, but how else do you make money when you're competing? Unless you're personal, unless you're training people, how else do you make money so you can buy your food and buy your suits and pay for the tan and pay for, you know, and then when you're a social media influencer, your hair has to be, you know, you just have to be on all the time. So that was the sponsor stuff. And I guess, and so this isn't really going to go in chronological order, but speaking of sponsors, the last sponsors I had, Redcon, I felt like I was on top of the world. 
um, because it was a very big company and I was with really big big names in the industry. But again, I didn't want it. I just needed money. I had a big wedding coming up that was expensive right after the Olympia. And it was nice to get a couple thousand a month to do what I love. But that also came with, and I think this is when I started to get really resentful, was when I was like three weeks out from the Olympia, driving back and forth between Orlando and Miami, which is a three-hour drive. And if you're three weeks out from anything, you don't want to do anything, but just be sweaty and just have no makeup on and do your cardio and eat your food and not think about stuff. You don't really, I mean, for me, it was, it was difficult for me to travel three hours, have the full face on be three weeks out, eating my meals, doing training videos, doing talking videos when really I just wanted to be a hermit and be by myself. And then there were people at my house filming me cook. They were trained, you know, following me at the gym and like, this is such a blessing, right? So I, I, I really have to catch myself here because I'm not trying to talk shit about the company and that, but it was absolutely exhausting for me. And I felt like I was being run ragged. And I remember after I got sick, after that, you know, I got six that, that, at that show, after all of that was going on. And I remember seeing a comment somebody wrote and they said, this is what happens when you try to sell supplements instead of compete, instead of play your sport, something like that. And I was like, son of a bitch they're right. And I was so angry because I needed money. And, you know, again, my heart and my motivation was kind of in the wrong spot as far as like accepting sponsorships. Now, the only one that I will say that I love, and I'm still connected to is fit hustle with fit hustle. I got to be part of the creative process. So like, yes, I was pushing fit hustle products, but I was also creating fit hustle products. I created the shirts that said, believe and fight over fear and work out the doubt and hoodie up. So it was very much part of me and my energy. And to see people wearing that stuff was such a beautiful blessing versus pushing fat burners and and protein shakes and things like that for somebody else and running ads on my Instagram. And for me, I look at Instagram. That's my connection to the world. That's my connection to my tribe. Like, no, nobody will ever post for me. No, I don't want to post your ads. No, I don't want to post about your products. I want to talk to and connect with my tribe. <laughs> and I don't like the fact that you want to work with me because I have a lot of followers. Mm. You know, you know. So that was, that's the sponsorship thing. And some people love being a sponsored athlete. It's just not me. And these companies are wonderful. They did treat me great. Um, and I don't even know if I should mention this, but the, what the girls get for sponsorship money versus what the guys get, even though we're doing the same show, the same cardio, the same diet, the same everything, but we're getting a fraction of what they're getting it was really heartbreaking because I still had to work and still had to train people to make money. So I don't know. There was this whole balance that was very, felt very off to me. That's enough about sponsorships, but that was the reason why I started to get exhausted and tarnished. Um, my love for bodybuilding started to get a little tarnished. And then let's talk about veganism. So for those of you guys who don't know, I've been vegan for the last five and a half years. We're going to get really dramatic about it for a second, but my last Olympia was Olympia 2017. And about six months prior to that, Ian and I had started to really understand why people don't eat meat anymore. I mean, and I don't want to, I don't want to piss anybody off, but for me, I, 
I didn't want to harm animals anymore, especially with the factory farming. If you're a Native American and you're out there honoring the animal and you're praying to it and you're thanking it, that's a different story. Factory farming is disgusting. And think about the energy exchange that you're putting in your body. So you're eating all of these animals that are scared and depressed and caged up and having all of this adrenaline and all of these anxiety hormones swirling around in their bodies. And then we eat that as a society. And if you are what you eat, don't you think that you're going to start to be in fight or flight all the time? You're going to be anxious and depressed and nervous and, and all of the shit. And so for me, it started to unravel with the animals. I started to go, Oh, Oh, like, Oh, that's what happens in, in these different slaughterhouses. Like that is what I'm buying from the store. And it, I never thought, I just thought about it. How can I get as much protein as possible without thinking, where does this, where is the source? Where does this actually come from? How are the animals treated? And so I started to really feel outside of myself, not like, Oh, how can I get protein for my body and my needs and my journey, but who is having to die and how are they having to die in order for me to feed myself? So for me, it was an energetic thing. It was a physical thing, a mental thing. It was an everything, a spiritual thing. And I didn't want to harm anything anymore. And so I started to cook for Ian vegan stuff and um, he liked it, loved it, but I was still competing. And I remember telling AJ, I'm like, AJ, I'm going to go vegan last eight weeks of Olympia prep. He's like, Danny, this is like the biggest show of your life. Like, we're not going to do that. And I said, okay, I'm not eating anything that looks like a muscle. No more meat, no more Brown, no more steak, no more ground beef, no more chicken. Cause I can't, I knew too much from being an exercise physiology masters that I see muscle filaments. I see muscle strings and strands and I, and muscle fibers. And I, that came from an animal and there's a soul in that animal. And there's a soul in me, that skeletal muscle looks like my skeletal muscle. And I can't eat that anymore. So it was ground up Turkey and egg, right? Egg whites going into the Olympia. So it was already starting to unravel. I was already starting to look at bodybuilding in a very different way. In fact, we even took down, we made a a YouTube cooking video where I cooked so much meat. I mean, like a whole fucking farm. There was like six packs of chicken, ground beef, ground turkey, every, everything that you could possibly cook except for fish. I never liked fish. And by the way, that's a, if you think you have to eat fish to get thin skin, that is a lie. You have to work harder because I never ate fish. I, I was like, if this is bodybuilding, I'm out. <laughs> but we actually took down that video because it was embarrassing to understand what I knew about meat. And then have that video be up there for everybody to watch. It just felt really wrong. So this is the dramatic part, as if that wasn't dramatic already. But backstage at the Olympia 2017, I get awarded sixth place. And I was really hurt because I, I had done everything the sponsorships asked me. I had come in a little softer, like the judges asked me. I had done everything that everybody asked me. And I was still eating meat. And so I got sixth place. And I was like, you know what? that's my sign backstage. I went and threw out all my meat containers out of my little lunchbox, ground beef gone, whatever, whatever I was eating gone. And that was it. That was the last time I had had meat in the last five and a half, six years. Um, and I was really hurt that last, that last show I was, 
I felt like I had done everything that everybody had asked me. I made the YouTube videos. Even when I was dead tired, I showed up all the fucking time for whoever needed me. And I still got burnt. And I, you know, sixth place, if you one first place through fifth place gets to come back to the L without having to qualify again, sixth place, you have to qualify again. And so I had to requalify. And so that was the beginning of the end. And, um, and it was also a big sign for me, like it's time. And I didn't feel the need. I didn't want to compete with anybody anymore. Being the best at something, you know, I have that competitive nature in me, but the thought of competing against people didn't excite me as much as it once did. And I think, and this is a big thing. I started to ask myself, why am I bodybuilding? Why am I doing this? Why do I put myself, my mind, body, and spirit through all of this you know, war. Um, why do I want to be the best in the world? And the truth is because I, I, I used to tell myself, oh, because you think you can, but I really didn't, I really couldn't find a reason why I wanted to be the best. Why did I want to be Miss Olympia? I didn't have an answer for you. And that's when it started to unravel, you know? So when I said before, this was a constant unraveling, I, the way I ate started to change the way I thought started to change about competing, the way I thought about bodybuilding started to change. I was exhausted from all of the stuff around just dieting and prepping all of the stuff that comes with having a big following, getting paid to compete, all of that stuff. I was exhausted and there was so much noise, so much noise in my head all the time am I lean enough? Am I hard enough? Did I drink enough water? Did I eat my meals? What does my coach say? Who's competing? What did the judges think? What, what who's, oh, oh my God, even saying it, I'm exhausted. And that was for almost 10 years, uh, constantly just, am I good enough? Am I good enough? And the fun, the fun of it started to go away little by little. And then I started to do it for everybody who was online, who was watching me compete because I would read, I would read comments that would say, Danny, I'm able to get through my prep because you're able to get through your prep. And I wanted to keep prepping for those people who were watching me do my thing so they could do their thing. And it was such a hard thing to stop making videos and to stop bodybuilding because I knew I was letting people down and I was leaving a lot of people hanging who were counting on me. And I can't tell, and you guys know how precious my tribe is to me. I still have all the hoodies that everybody signed. I still have all of them from all the shows, all the meet the Olympians from the honored Arnold classic and the expos I did. Like my tribe was the most important thing to me. So if anything was going to keep me going, it wasn't the stage. It wasn't the sponsorships. It was my tribe. But that is not a reason to do bodybuilding. The reason to do bodybuilding is something from deep within you that says, I can do this. This is a personal goal. This is an achievement that I need to accomplish for me, for nobody else. Even if nobody else agrees with me, this is for me. Um, yeah. And there is this moment. So Olympia came throughout all the meat containers, Olympia 2017. And then a couple months later, I was getting ready for the Arnold Classic. And I was doing it vegan. 
and I was feeling really good. You know, everything was working just like it normally would. Just I was getting lean. The muscle was still there. I was going through a lot of stuff emotionally. I'd just been married. You know, we just sold our townhouse to pay off the wedding. Like we were going through a lot of turmoil on the inside. Um, and then I was trying to compete and throw a show prep on top of that, hoping it would just fix everything. And I remember the suit that Tammy Marie made me and I went from being red, you know, I was always red on stage and I was going to wear a green one. I was going to wear a green one for the plants and to make a stand for the animals saying, you can compete, you can be lean and jacked and achieve your goals without having to harm animals and without having to support the meat industry. And we named the suit Gaia. If you don't know what Gaia is, it means mother earth. And I remember seeing the suit. It was green. It had beautiful green stones and yellow stones. It was a Mother Earth suit. And it was a couple of weeks out from the Arnold. And I decided I wasn't going to compete in the Arnold. And so Tammy asked me to send the suit back so somebody else could rent it or use it. Um, and so I did. And I remember going to the post office and it was like everything was in slow motion. I was moving in slow motion. I remember looking at the suit one last time before I taped it up because I feel like my soul knew, my mind didn't want to believe it, but my soul knew this is the last new suit that you're ever going to touch. You sending this back meant I was almost sending it back so that I could follow this new journey of plants and whatever else, spirituality, whatever else I was going to get into, whatever else was unfolding at that time. And I remember sending it, getting in my car afterwards and just crying. Crying and yet being so still and the tears were just running down my face because like somewhere inside, I knew that that was a send off for me energetically. And I still think about competing, you guys, like, what the fuck? I still think about what if I get to wear that guy a suit? And what if I get to pose to the song I always wanted to pose to in that suit, which was Colors of the Wind by, you know, Pocahontas or Tori Kelly, whoever sang it. I had it all, all envisioned, but my soul wasn't in bodybuilding anymore. And I guess... You know, right before that, let me just check my time. Right before that, you guys know I openly talk about my use of psychedelics and mushrooms and ayahuasca and all of that. I had done a mushroom journey that changed my life. Um, I think we took about three grams. I don't remember the exact amount, but I remember I held an Oreo in my hand for like two hours. It was just like my little friend and I held it and I felt like I was six years old. And I remember sitting in this chair, swirling around and being sort of all in these visions and these DMT visions. And it was beautiful. And I did whatever I wanted to do. And, and for those three or four hours, I went outside, I sat by a tree. I looked at myself in the mirror and this was such a cool moment. I looked at myself in the mirror in my pupil and you know, those house of mirrors are like that that mirror that looks like it goes on forever. When you look into it, it's like, it's an optical illusion, obviously, but it's reflecting off of each other. And it looks like it goes on forever and ever and ever. That's what I was seeing in my eye. And it was like the infinite part of myself and my soul. Um, and then I remember looking at myself and going, what do you 
What do you want? What do you want? How would you do it if it was your way? And I remember being like, I don't want to eat meat. And there were so many people giving me um, shit for not eating meat. I was like, I don't want to eat meat. I don't want to post for sponsors anymore. I don't even want to compete. And I was having this internal dialogue with myself. And then kind of just brushed it off and went about my mushroom trip. And one part of the, one part of the journey, I was meditating and I had this vision come in, into my head and it was me and Ian taking a selfie in front of what, what I felt like was Mount Fiji. Um, and the reason why I thought that is because it was green and then white on the top. And so I thought it was Mount Fiji and it was a beautiful picture of us. We were obviously in Japan. And the next thought I had was I have to get up and do cardio in the morning. And then I was like, man, I spend a lot of time on that stair stepper. I spend a lot of time in that gym, in that big box of weights and grunting and looking in the mirror at yourself. I spend so much time in this one little spot in Orlando trying to reach this, this goal that even when I do get it, am I, am I even going to be satisfied then? Instead of exploring the world, instead of exploring a new spiritual side of myself and putting my energy in exploration and discovery, I was so busy putting it into fitness and into looking a certain way and into beating everybody and into being Miss Olympia. It's like, and you know, it's funny because I used to think that I was going to be 80 years old on that stage. If you asked me in 2015, what I was going to be doing when I was 80, I will tell you, I'm going to be on the Olympia stage posing and throwing up a front double bicep. And then all of a sudden my fire little by little just started to peter out. And what actually gave me a little bit of hope in this is before I was a bodybuilder, I was a cheerleader. I was the captain of the team. I was on three different teams, high school team, competition team, and then an adult team. I was going to go to college for cheerleading. So I would, before bodybuilding, cheerleading was my thing. And all of a sudden my, my fire for cheerleading just started to peter out when I found fitness and, and I remember this happening. I remember the fire slowly starting to dissipate. And so when I felt it happening for bodybuilding, it was sad, but I had been here before. And so I know how this goes. Something else is going to come into my life. Something else is going to light me up. Um, just the same way that cheerleading did and bodybuilding did. And now it's just time for me to let go of the old and step into the unknown of whatever else it might be. And my best piece of advice to myself and to anybody out there when you're going through an identity shift is to follow the good feeling. How could a good feeling lead you to a bad feeling place? It can't. And aside, like with that, if you don't know what your passion and your purpose is, follow your curiosity. Because how could you're, you know, along that line of curiosity, there's a reason why that thing is pulling at you and you'll get more practice with it. It'll get more fine-tuned. Your path will start to shift for you and you'll start to hone in on why you're curious and what you're curious about. And then your passion will start to be born. It'll start to become more obvious to you. And so for me, and I didn't realize this until I had fully quit. I was sick of the yo-yo. I was sick of the extremes going to super dialed in. And then in the off season, I was off the deep end. I mean, off the deep end, it almost living a double life. And it was exhausting. And sometimes even to just get back in shape, I had to diet 
in order to just get the fat off that I put on in the off season. And you guys, I'm five feet tall. So me at 150, pretty roly poly, pretty thick, pretty dense. I'm like a little meatball. Okay. And it was uncomfortable. It was inflamed. It was too much sugar. It was binge eating at Wawa, which was funny for a couple of times, but it was like a thing. And it was even like smoking too much weed. And I was trying to soothe something like when, when we're binging and, and having these habits come up, we're trying to soothe something that we can't necessarily pinpoint or something that we're not looking at. There was a lot going on with me emotionally you know, even when I wasn't competing, there was like out of control drug use. There was a little bit of cocaine happening and Molly and weed and drinking. And I don't, you know, and I, I got arrested. I've been in the hospital. Like it is not good. And what I have found, and I don't want to blame bodybuilding because this is my own addictive patterns of behavior. But when I quit bodybuilding, everything started to level out. I very rarely would go to the extremes of drinking so much that I would be arrested or in the hospital or getting into drugs to where it would be just extra. Nothing was ever a huge problem. It was always just a phase, but it was always around the bodybuilding time. Now that I've quit, everything is so even it's much more controlled and I'm aware and conscious of every single thing I'm doing. And so sometimes when we're bodybuilding and we're going to extremes with food and with our weight, it shows up in other areas of our life. Like like drug use, for example, like alcohol use, like fighting with different people, like going to extremes, however you can do that. And for me, that's like law of attraction, right? So like energy attracts like energy. If you're going to extremes, if you're going to extremes with your food and your diet in the sport that you love, chances are because of law of attraction, you're going to extremes with other things that are going on in your life. Um, so I was sick of going to extremes and now now everything is like even and controlled. And I've really found this point of homeostasis where it's just better and more conscious and even like more emotionally stable. And this was my own, you know, I, I'm not blaming bodybuilding again. You guys, I was at the Olympia at 25. I was just a kid. I was just a kid. And if I think about normal 25 year olds or even 22, when they're in college, they're drinking, they're going crazy partying, getting DUIs, not everybody, but that's also what's happening. So I was just a kid. I didn't know how to handle a big world stage and all of these eyes and pressure looking at me all the time. Ah. And now, of course, I think about going back and I would do it so much differently, but I don't want to get into the industry again. I think about even maybe I, maybe I should do natural bodybuilding because then I don't need to get into the supplements and worrying about, is my body changing? Is my voice changing? And thank God I, I scraped out of being an Olympian without lots of changes. Um, but that is something that keeps me from going back is I know what I would have to do to get back to where I was. And I don't do anything lightly. You guys probably understand that if I compete, I'm going for the number one spot. That's just how it is. So sometimes I think about going back on a journey and being totally natural, like even vegan and doing a natural bodybuilding show. Um, but the truth is I love my business. I love what I'm doing so much with spirit school, with conscious champion, with my business and podcasting that for me to put energy into bodybuilding again, would be me giving over a ton of my energy again to that. And truthfully, I like helping people get to stage with a strong, healthy mindset and spiritual connection than I do getting myself to stage right now. So don't get, don't, I think about competing more than you guys would think, especially when people see one picture of me in the, in the gym and they're like, don't call it a comeback. And they're like waiting for me to come back to stage. And, you know, the thought goes through my head more than you think. 
but I'm really happy and I'm really peaceful where I stand now. And it took me five years, maybe 2017. So five and a half years uh, to get to where I am now. And let me just tell you the identity shift was, was, was a lot. <laughs> and I hope I can get this out. I only have a couple more minutes left, but I am going to tell you the story of what it was like going from little monster to just Danny, who I am now. Some people didn't even know me by my real name, Danny. They were like, little monster, which I loved at the time, but I didn't know how much my actual identity was wrapped up in bodybuilding until I stepped away from it. And I was like, whoa, I don't know who I am, what I like, what I do for fun. Who am I without the muscle? Who am I without all of the Instagram and the sponsors and the how do I eat every day? How do I train? Remember, I went from being a meat eater to, to vegan. So the way I did everything. Even I got married right after I quit bodybuilding. And so my last name changed literally everything got flipped on its head. I mean, who the fuck am I? What do I do? <laughs> How do I do? <laughs> like, it was just, I don't know. And so I went from living my dream as little monster, being on the Olympia stage, achieving greatness like achieving my vision, something that I dreamed about and worked for and put all of my 20, like literally from 20, from 19 to 27. And even in high school too, but 19 to 27, I put all of my energy and effort towards one spot on a stage. And without that, who am I? What about the masters I just got? I don't want a personal train. I can't even go into a gym right now because I see people on a stair stepper and it literally makes me cry. And so I could, I couldn't even go into a gym. So you guys, I stepped away from going to the gym consistently for probably till now. I still don't go to the gym consistently because it doesn't have the same fire for me anymore. It doesn't light me up this, the way that it used to. I'm getting back into it. Like I do a lot of yoga. I teach a lot of yoga and, but I, I miss kind of having a strong body. And so I'm getting back into working out to be healthy, not just working out to win. And let me just tell you that shift right there is a whole other is a whole paradigm shift and doing cardio to be healthy versus doing it to win and to be really good at my sport. I still haven't quite figured that out. So I went from little monster living my dream to selling health insurance, telemarketing in an office with actually a lot of my bodybuilding friends, which was the only reason I stuck with it and did it. But telemarketing. I was one of those people who call your house and bother you about freaking health insurance. Okay. And I was just in such a dark place. I was doing smoking a lot of marijuana. I was doing a lot of psychedelics, a lot of mushrooms, a lot of soul searching, which I do think helped me evolve out of that. Um, but that was, that was dark y'all <laughs> think about it. Olympia stage to telemarketing. And I did well at it because a girl calling your house sometimes does what better than a guy, but it was dark. And so Ian and I moved to Colorado to start fresh. I was like, I, our marriage was like really on the rocks because we were both doing health insurance. We were both really just hating everything. Didn't have a lot of money. Everything that we had worked for for 10 years was gone. No bodybuilding, no little monster, no anything, no videos to make for Ian. He even quit his job because we were promised all this money with health insurance and got not a lot. 
And again, I don't want to demonize health insurance because I've learned so much from that job. And actually Ian has the jo- his dream job now because he did cold calling. So everything worked out. And I'm so happy that we made it through because you guys, we almost didn't. And the reason why we moved to Colorado was for a fresh start. And for me, follow the good feeling meant I want to go to nature. I need to be around my sister who is in Colorado. And just in case me and Ian don't make it, I'm going to be there and I can start a whole new life and leave bodybuilding, leave Florida, leave all of that shit behind me and start totally fresh without anybody knowing who I used to be on stage. And so we went and I was teaching you guys, my little sister was my manager at F45, which is an amazing studio. It was so, and I was doing group fitness training and people would look at me and go, oh, it looks like you work out. Like, yeah, like a year ago I was on the Olympia stage, but people had no idea, which was actually kind of nice. But I remember crying to my sister after every single class because I was so lost and everything was falling apart. And when you're so good at something, when you're second in the world at something and you go from that to feeling like you're nothing, feeling like you fucked up your shot, it's dark. Um, and so I was, I was doing F45 and I actually loved it. Group fitness is super fun, especially at F45. I, I started to get back into fitness. I started to like get some friends and started to find myself again in my light. And during this time, I forgot to mention this. I got dreadlocks because for me, switching identities, going from this little monster, little blonde and red streaks, I needed to go to hippie mushroom taking, going to nature, dreadlock, yogi. Like I needed to switch the full, I had to make it fun for myself because I was spiraling. And so I had another mushroom journey and I was laying on the driveway, um, at the house where I grew up and all of a sudden everything just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And then I appeared and I was my spirit self, you guys. I was this like warrior princess who was out sort of in the jungle in the forest. And I had like an arm cuff and dreadlocks. And I was like looking off into the distance and I was so confident and powerful and magnetic. And I just knew, knew exactly who I was and, and I had dreads. And so I said, okay, getting dreadlocks, moving to Colorado, starting all over. I'm sorry. I'm jumping around a little bit. Like I said, a little bit unscripted, but I want you to get the whole picture of how, this identity shift came to be. And oops, sorry. And then I found yoga. So this is just beautiful how the universe works. In Colorado, we were living in this little cottage, which was actually a redone garage. So you guys, we were living in a garage and across the street from where we lived was a yoga studio called Core Power. And my sister gave me a month free And so I went for a month and that was the place that I could go to get away from the fighting relationship, to get away from bodybuilding, to get away from fitness training, to get away from all of that. I could just go into this dark studio, do hot yoga, challenge myself. And eventually I was like, oh, this is challenging me physically. Like it's hot. It feels like I'm in a hoodie. It feels like I'm doing cardio. It's mentally, you know, strengthening me because I'm focused, I'm present. And it's, it's spiritual, like this, the music and the whole thing of it. So I really, really started to fall in love with yoga. And about a mu- after the month three was up, I remember going up to the, to the girl at the counter with tears in my eyes because I couldn't pay for $150 a month yoga membership. And I said, I think this is my last class and I, I'll be back when I can 
pay for a full membership or I'll drop in here and there. And she said, well, have you ever heard of our, our cleaning opportunity, our karma yoga? And I was like, no. And she said that I could clean the studio for basically a free membership. And I was bawling because this meant I could keep practicing. And so I started cleaning and you guys, that was my favorite time. It still is my favorite time. Um, and just my favorite time. I don't know in anything I was giving back to a studio that had given me my spark back, my mojo back. And I would go into the studio after the last class, after working two jobs that day, I worked at F45 and fit tech in Boulder. And then I would go into the studio to clean for three or four hours. And I couldn't wait to get in there and clean. I put on my headphones. I was listening to Ram Das and scrubbing toilets, washing the mirrors, cleaning the showers, and just making it nice for the yogis that were going to come in the morning. And it was, and still is one of my most favorite times in my life. Cause I used to think, what if people could see little monsters second place in the world right now, cleaning yoga toilets and being so happy and so free. Ugh. Yeah. And so about a year later, I got my teacher training certification, started to study Hinduism and Sanskrit and more yoga, more yoga, more yoga. And I started teaching January 1st, 2020. What a great date. I'll never forget it. And then March, 2020, everything shut down because of COVID. So I started teaching online because I was like, I'm so new and so nervous that if I don't keep teaching, I may not come back. Like, you know, I may just stick with my own practice and not still be a teacher, but it worked perfectly. Cause at the same time that happened, I launched the very first round of conscious champion. And so, as I mentioned before, conscious champion was a way for people to tap into their strong mindset, to learn about gut health, to learn about steroids from all these different mentors and to develop a spiritual connection. Like how do we meditate? How do we visualize? And so I was able to take my bodybuilding identity and use it to build this course and show everybody, this is how I did it. And this is how you can do it too. And with that, I, I started teaching yoga. So everything worked so perfectly. Um, and, and just, just ended up being like working perfectly. And in the same, you know, in the back of my head, the whole time I was like, I want to teach a spirit course. I'm sick of bodybuilding talk. I don't want to talk about bodybuilding. When can I launch a full on spirit course? And just now, like February 19th, 2023 is when it's going to happen. So it took me three years, but I launched a conscious champion and it went phenomenal, launched another one and went phenomenal. But during that time we moved to Cape Cod, which is where I live now, which is where my dad and stepmom and my grandma live. So we moved to Cape Cod over COVID. Cause I were like, Hey, you guys can live with us on the compound, stay in a cottage. And if anything goes down, at least you'll be saving money. We were able to live for free for a little while. And you know, we'll, we'll be together in case shit really hits the fan here. And at the time, you know, I felt like I really fucked up with life. I was like, it's hard to keep a business going, by the way. Like if you're an online entrepreneur, it's, it's not the easiest job description in the world, by the way. Um, so I put down conscious champion after the second one, I put it down and I started doing real estate because my stepmom owns a brokerage here. So that felt like the next right step to get us out of this hole, to help us get into a house, to help us make money. Um, 
And cause I thought I really messed up with life. And so I thought my parents knew the way and they did their best. Like they tried to help. It was a year of them training us and really putting their effort and energy into us. And, you know, I tried my best and just said yes to everything and everyone. Cause I, I didn't know how to listen to myself anymore. And during that time of beginning to do real estate, I, I still had my dreads. And so I was asking myself, why do I have these dreads? My neck hurts. It's kind of a pain to wash them, to sleep on them. feels like I'm constantly sleeping on itchy ropes and it, it dreads, especially as long and heavy as mine were, they, it was a lot. <laughs> and so I asked myself, why do I have these? And I heard myself say, because you won't look spiritual without them. And I don't think I was ready to hear that up until that point. I had been doing work with two of my mentors now, Shelby and Claire. And so I was held energetically and I was held spiritually to let go of yet another identity. And so the next day, after I heard myself say that, I was like, well, spirituality is clear. It, it's not one person. It doesn't look a certain way or dress a certain way or be a certain way or pray a certain way. Spirituality is clear. It's everything and everyone. And just because you have dreads does not make you spiritual. It makes you have neck problems. <laughs> and so the next day I went to the barbershop and shaved my whole head. No hair left. If you're watching on the video, everything was like, like real, real buzz cut. And I felt so free. I shaved off body, all the, all that hair, all the energy that was stuck in my hair. I shaved off the bodybuilding era. I shaved off that health insurance era. I shaved off everything. And I was just a free little bird, um, still working my way through real estate. But the big thing was the next identity was starting to break away. And, um, so with real estate, you know, I said yes to so many people. I was a people pleaser because I thought I was wrong. I wasn't standing on my own two feet. And after about a year of trying real estate, I was so down, so frustrated. So didn't feel like me. I would go into the office and just be dead inside and hear myself scream. Like if I think back now, my insides were screaming at me. And I feel bad because my parents tried their best. Like they did everything with their heart. They just wanted the best for me. And so this has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with the business of real estate. It has everything to do with me and what I am here to do. And so through that screaming inside, finally, I was like, no, <laughs> like I am not here to talk about septic tanks and mortgages and health, like and insurance. I am literally on this planet to talk about the universe and energy and spirituality and meditation and yoga. Like this is what I'm here to talk about. And there are people out there making a wonderful living, making a wonderful name for themselves, doing what they love. And I don't need to do this in order to please anybody or please myself or make money. And so that was a huge turning point for me. And I had to go through that because it made me so clear on what I actually want to talk about, on what actually lights me up, that there was no denying how I felt inside and what I, what I wanted to talk about. So as painful as it was for kind of everybody, my family, me, every, it was not a good, it was not an easy thing, like at all, at all, um, to say no to people that you love and just really want to help you and want the best for you. 
And then I started another round of conscious champion. I joined fit for service, did some inner work, went camping, did ayahuasca, did huachuma, another kind of plant medicine, really started to lean into me and what I liked and what I'm here to do. And then I launched the mastermind last year, which was mind, body, spirit. It was the evolution mastermind because it was one step evolved from conscious champion. So conscious champion is all bodybuilding talk and fitness. Like how do we become better athletes and use the universe in our favor? Um, and then this next one was mind, body, spirit. How do we become good humans and take care of our body? And now this mastermind, the spiritual mastermind I'm about to launch. So to bring you full circle up to present day, I'm about to launch a master, a spiritual mastermind called spirit school, where we discover your relationship to you, your relationship to me or others and the universe. How do you relate to God? And so now this is all, all spirit, full spirit. And over the last five or six years, since I quit bodybuilding and I've been diving into spirituality, um, I've been gifted the most amazing mentors, uh, along the way from shamans, yogis, um, just Akashic record people, breathwork facilitators, um, PhD Hindi professors. I mean, I have been gifted so many amazing people in my life, and now I'm bringing them all together to help create this course called spirit school. And it's about self-discovery, it's about empowerment, and it's about synchronicity and getting in tune with alignment sauce. And so to think about where I was when I quit bodybuilding, just a little lost soul, kicking and screaming and crying and so dark to where I am now, still nervous, still uncomfortable, still showing up just like I used to on stage, and now launching something that has been on my heart for years. Um feels really important. And I, I apologize for this journey kind of going all over the place, but you know, growth is not linear and neither has this podcast. This podcast has not been linear either. It's kind of been all, all, all up, all over the place. Um, and now I teach yoga here on Cape Cod at, at Evoke Yoga and my classes are full. And when I started teaching there, you guys, sometimes nobody would show up to class. Sometimes I would be sent home because the studio just opened and people weren't necessarily ready for yoga yet and a new owner and new teachers. And now when I teach, there is a full room and I couldn't be more grateful for this whole path. And not only do I get to teach yoga, I get to live yoga and study yoga. I'm in a class right now where I get to study the Bhagavad Gita every single week with a, with a, a teacher from India. She lives in India right now. And She's also coming on the course, by the way, <laughs> but that's what I mean about man, my yearning and my desire for spirit has been so great since I stepped off stage that this is where I am now. And this is what I've been gifted. And I feel so much more comfortable coming on here to talk to you guys. I'm so much more authentically me. I'm not hiding behind the mask anymore of muscles and sponsors and stages. I'm truly me. And I believe it's because I took away everything that I thought was me. I took away the muscle. I took away the name, little monster. I took away the dreads, shaved my head, moved states a couple times, took away everything that I even closely identified with and built it from scratch um, with almost no identity, just being identified with the soul inside of me. And it's so freeing and it's so peaceful. And, uh, I encourage all of you to go on the journey and I can tell you my story and I can maybe give you a little bit of uh, comfort 
and your journey, if you're twisting and turning and it basically in the undertow of life and shifting identities and shifting who you are, but you have to feel it for yourself. You have to come to the understanding that you are so much more than your sport, than your muscle, than what state you live in, than who you're married to. You are so much more than what you've been told by your parents, by society, by judges, by academics. And once you start identifying with that part of you, it doesn't matter who you become or what you do. There's not the attachment to it. And you can shift and go through identities a lot easier uh, than being stuck in this one physical point, being so attached to something. And so I guess I encourage you guys to let go of the attachments to becoming a pro, becoming an IFBB pro, let go of that. It doesn't define you. It's something that you do, but it's not who you are. And even if you never get there, that doesn't make you any less of an amazing person just because you never got an IFBB pro card, which actually costs more than the NPC card and is a whole other game of industry and sponsors and shit that maybe you actually don't want to deal with. And so I'm not even sure really what else to say. So the reasons, so I don't even know if that gives you clear reasons why I quit bodybuilding, but that was my journey of retiring at 27 and, and finding myself without all of that. Um, and, you know, the identity shift is a big deal for us as humans, because we are so identified with our mind and with our body and what we're, what we can achieve. We're so identified with the master's degree and with the second place in the world and with the being a mother or being a wife, we get so identified with that because we think that's all that we are. Those are roles that we get to play and we're so grateful for them and for their lessons, but at a deeper level, who we are is spirit, divine, light, consciousness. All of that subtle stuff. And I think we know it. It just takes, it's just a matter of believing it and, and stripping away of all of the other things that you think you are. And then seeing there you still are. You're still there. And who is that person with the shaved head and the no muscles and the no Florida and the no Colorado? Who is, who is that person? And then start to create a life from that space. Well, everybody, I think I'll end it there. Thank you so much for listening and for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. I hope to see you on the next one. And if you have any questions about Spirit School or what I'm into these days, click the links in the description and follow me on Instagram. That's where you're going to get the most updates. And I would love to see you join me and my mentors in Spirit School so you can discover yourself and become all that you're meant to be. Hmm. Okay. That's all for now. Peace and love.